Podcast. Shrimp on the barbie. Shrimp, 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 shrimp on the barbie. Do you respect that? That's corruption. I can make a fake snake. Do you not pee in the pool? Do you, 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 you not pee on the barbie? All of myself is clean. <laughs> Broadcasting from a frozen block of ice. Welcome to the Hardmark Podcast, a show where I, Eric Donaldson, wrestling fan of over 30 years, introduce one match per episode to my co-host who's never watched wrestling. We talk about the backstory, we watch the match, then we rank that match on our ever-growing list. The purpose of the show is to see what happens when someone who's never watched wrestling is introduced to its most notable matches, and without any further ado, my very authentic co-host, Flyin' Ryan Murphy. Hello to you, sir. Well. Representing someone call me raw. They do come yeah. raw, uncut, unfiltered. <laughs> That's him. Yeah, Very uncut. But uh, let's just get into our match. So <laughs> this match. <laughs> so, Eric's just not having it right now. No, I'm not. It's not that I'm not having it. It's just uh, I mean, I almost got I got pulled away for a long time in in the break right. between recordings. Did, yeah. So I could tell Heather. Yeah needs a break so i'm just trying to yeah 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 move us along at a at a brisk pace that's all until you completely interrupted me (laughs) no let's uh let's carry on okay so this match is going to feature a lot of faces we've seen before so we'll take a couple steps back dusty Rhodes, the american dream we saw him during rumpus time delivering a heartfelt promo to reunite with his son dustin uh, but Dusty's history with the McMahon family probably warrants a closer look. So I think that that closer look will drive home the argument that wrestling has more than one royal family. So Dusty Rhodes made a name for himself back in the 1970s. And for a several year span, he was probably the most popular wrestler in the world. Uh, that was due to his dynamic personality and his ability to connect with the audience uh, across all economic and cultural barriers. Now, around the same time that Dusty was enjoying his success, Vince McMahon had purchased the WWF from his father, and he was trying to figure out who he could use as his top star to lead the WWF's national expansion. Now, it was rumored, it was never confirmed, but it's been rumored that Dusty Rhodes had actually been strongly considered for that spot. But ultimately, Hulk Hogan would be the one to be the face of the company during its 80s boom period. But Dusty, he had his eyes on a different role altogether, and that role was to be a booker. Now, I'm pretty sure we've never used this term, we've never talked about this term before, a booker in wrestling. He's the guy that creates the stories. He basically maps out who's feuding with who, kind of what happens in that story to progress things, etc. That's a thing. Less so now, but yes. Uh, like in the WWE today, for example, they actually have writers. Until the WWE started using writers, there was no such thing as writers in wrestling. There was only a booker or a booking committee. Just to give a real brief, like, so, like, all the, like, the matches that we've watched kind of, you know, back in the day, the 90s, mm-hmm. maybe early to the 80s, like, did they have a booker? 
So think of Booker less as the one who's putting the matches together. Like usually the wrestlers were expected to put the match together. Sometimes mm-hmm. they'd have what's called an agent who would usually be an older retired wrestler who would kind of help them put things together. A Booker is essentially saying, I want Hulk Hogan to feud with Macho Man Randy Savage. We're going to, this is going to be like a six month okay. program that builds to like WrestleMania. Okay. I think the okay. story beats will be like Macho Man gets jealous over Hulk and Liz and yada, yada, yada. So they're, they're more kind of creating the outline of who's programmed with who and that type of thing as opposed to saying like, and they'll also dictate who wins matches as well. That's, that's also a part of the Booker's job. They're kind of like a schedule maker. Yeah, a, sh- a real Sherry Glaza of professional wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's what I wanted to hear. Yes. <laughs> okay, all right. Now that I've said that, I really, I can't get that visual out of my brain of her. <laughs> it's perfect. I think it's, that is Sherry Glaza. Yeah, you know? Dusty Rhodes, the Sherry Glaza of wrestling. But um, <laughs> where the fuck did I leave in my notes? Okay, so in the 1980s. Dusty, he began to book for the second largest wrestling company in the United States, which was Jim Crockett Promotions. Now, that that position ensured that there was going to be a certain level of animosity between Dusty and the WWF, as the rivalry between those organizations was, uh, at times, a bitter one. Uh, For example... When Ted DiBiase was brought in to be the rich asshole character of the Million Dollar Man, his servant was named Virgil, which is Dusty's real name. Uh, That was probably not a coincidence. It was probably just a little dig at Dusty. Uh, Also, in the 1990s, there was a character created in the WWF, which was literally just someone doing an impression of Dusty Rhodes, and they named that character Rio Rogers. (laughs) But more than those, there was probably two incidents that people point to as an example of some kind of friction between Dusty and the World Wrestling Federation. First, when Dusty found himself out of a job in the late 80s, he actually came to work for Vince McMahon and the WWF. Uh, While he was always known as the common man, uh, they introduced Dusty to the audience in a series of videos where he was a pizza delivery man, a plumber, among other odd jobs. Uh, then, upon his debut, Vince insisted that Dusty be clad head to toe in polka dots, which was a puzzling costume choice at the time. Uh, then, years later... When Dusty's son, Dustin, who we saw on Rumpus Time, when Dustin went to work for the McMahons, in a story that we've told previously, the Texas cowboy was presented with the gimmick of gold dust, the androgynous gold-painted freak that used sexuality to get in the heads of his opponents. When, when, was, when, when, this era, like when, when was Everything I'm talking about here? Yeah. Uh, that's over the course of probably the, the mid to... Mid eighties to mid nineties. Do you think this is probably a really dumb question? So no, brace yourself. There is no, there's no such thing as a dumb question, Ryan. What about Goldfinger from Austin Powers? Does this have any tie into this? I highly doubt it. I think Goldfinger. Well, wait, Goldmember. <laughs> you're thinking of was it Goldmember? Goldfinger was James Bond. They were Gold parodying. Me- they were parodying James. Par- yeah, okay. Bond, yeah. You're, yeah. 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 Gold, Gold member from Austin Powers. Gold yeah, factored yeah, into yeah. the parody. At okay. All. Yeah. You don't think it's it's related? I doubt it. It's. Okay. I mean, maybe there was a very small hint of a of a correlation between the two, but I don't think that there was. I don't. I don't think so. I would be surprised. 
Like Gold Dust, I don't think was enough of a. I don't think it was mainstream enough to warrant Mike Myers making a, a film parody about that character or anything like that. Okay, but there's no stupid questions on this podcast. There's no stupid. That's right. That's rule one of this podcast. No stupid questions. But uh, there's some that claim that all the things that we just talked about that none of these things were digs at Dusty. Uh, the reality is we'll probably never really know. Either way, I think in real life, Dusty felt that at least some of these things were directed as shots towards him. Anyway, fast forward to 2013. Katy Perry was top of the pops with her hit song, Roar. We all remember Roar. I love Katy Perry, just to be clear. Uh, like how she looks or her music? I love her music. First, and then has to look second. Perfect. Okay, that's that's good. That's good. I'm more, I'm more of a like fireworks man or firework man. Fireworks, yeah. Over roar, but uh, you know, it's just take it either way. She's she's an icon. Pump pump the brakes a little bit. Uh, Insidious Chapter Two <laughs> was supplying us with chills and thrills, Ryan, and, and on the wrestling side of things in 2013, <laughs> Stephanie McMahon and her husband Triple H were the on-screen bosses of the WWE calling themselves the Authority. You remember Triple H. Triple H, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, the youngest son of Dusty Rhodes, Cody, he found himself on the wrong side of the Authority after accidentally offending Triple H. And so, after that happened, a match was made between Cody Rhodes and the Authority's chosen champion, a man that we've also seen before when he faced off with Mick Foley and he took some thumbtacks to the back, Randy Orton. Uh, however, a caveat was added where if Cody Rhodes lost the match, he would then be fired from the WWE. Welp, as luck would have it, Randy Orton won and Cody was fired. But this was not the end of the story. The following week, Cody's older brother by 16 years, so there's a very large age gap, and they have different mothers. But uh, Dustin, uh, in his gold dust form, he would reemerge after a lengthy absence from the company. Uh, he had overcome drug and weight issues, and he was out to get revenge and redeem his family name. He was also put in a match against Randy Orton, and if he won, Cody would then be rehired. Unfortunately, Randy Orton was again victorious. So this left one member of the Rhodes family employed by the company. Uh, one of the greatest legends of all time, Dusty Rhodes. Dusty was overseeing the WWE's performance center where they trained their new talent. So with both of his sons now on the unemployment line, Dusty himself was invited to Monday Night Raw by the authority to hear a proposal from them. Now, the indecent proposal that was pitched by Stephen McMahon was this. Cody would be rehired, or Goldust, Dustin, would be rehired. The choice was left to Dusty, but only one of his two sons would be brought back to the company. Either the ideal, perfect son, one could say, in Cody, or the neglected son, uh, mm. Dustin. Uh, Dusty refused to choose. He refused to make a choice, despite Stephanie laying the guilt trip on the American dream. Dusty told her to go to hell, and as a parting gift, Stephanie had Dusty attacked while the shield held him in place. Now, we've seen the shield before. It was a long, long, long time ago. That was episode seven, to be specific. Mm. Uh, you may remember them looking like a SWAT team 
the Shield were a three-man group. They were set up to dominate the 2010s and to be established as the top stars in the WWE in the years moving forward. Uh, so just as a quick refresher on who the Shield are, they were comprised of Dean Ambrose. He was the former Deathmatch wrestler. Me talking about Deathmatches in regards to Dean Ambrose is what, what actually set us down our Deathmatch path, path for episode 30. Uh, there's also Seth Rollins. He's arguably the most talented in-ring member of the group. He's tremendously athletic. And then we have Roman Reigns, who's the power of the team and probably the one that the WWE had the highest hopes for. So the Shield, collectively, these three men, were being used as an insurance policy for the the authority. They would ensure that anyone that crossed the authority would then face the wrath of Ambrose, Rollins, and Reigns. We're still good with everything. Any clarifying questions at this point? No, no. So several weeks after that attack, Dusty returned to listen to one final proposal from the authority. But this time he brought both Cody and Dustin along with him. The pitch was simple. Both Cody and Dustin would be hired by the WWE if they were able to beat Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns at the next pay-per-view battleground. However, if they lost, not only would Cody and Dustin not be rehired, but Dusty would also be fired from his job as well. Dusty accepted under one condition, that he be allowed to be in the corner of his sons during the match. Those terms were agreed to, and the match was set up for Buffalo, New York. Cody Rhodes and Goldust teaming for the first time ever with their father, Dusty Rhodes, in their corner, taking on Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns of the Shield with Dean Ambrose in their corner. And so that is the match that we're going to be watching here today. It's a lot of backstory on this one. Good number of it's condensed, not long, but there's just a lot involved. And in, you know. yeah, I mean it's it's quite the it's quite the the backstory yeah. when you factor in Dusty Rhodes and, and all the stuff he's he's done. But uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, and then also it factors in one of the few things that you knew about wrestling all the way back in episode one, tagging. So there's that. Oh, like tag team? Yeah, tag team. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. A little bone for you. I- Am I going to see some bullshit like Tay Team stuff here? I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't think so. I did. I didn't. I did not choose this match with. I mean, I, I, I've seen you. I've seen you do this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Right, I will. Right. I'll fuck you. Uh, so <laughs> the data before we watch this thing, Ryan's record: fifty wins. He's he's finally gotten past that forty nine mark, which he held on to for so long. I mean, I'm 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 in great shape. You're in great shape, but I just I liked making the reference to your favorite professional football team, the San Francisco 49ers, with your 49 wins. Oh God! But now you're at 50, I so I can't do that anymore. My dad's apparently a huge 49ers fan. It's pissing me off. So wait, um, is that true? He's just being a real douchebag about it right is now. Is he just doing it to you because he knows it'll bother you? No, he loves. He's like, I love the new GM and the structure of the team, and like you know. Call it Kaepernick, you know, you got rid of that guy. So, like, I'm just like, God damn it, Dad. Like, this is the worst thing. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, wait, so, but your dad, was he, is he from that area at all or no? No, he's a, he's a Seahawks fan, but, like, he's, like, he, he will, like, rep. I hate San Francisco as a city. We dealt with them a lot, you know, at, at Wave. Yeah. And then also, I hate their team. So, like, I hate, I don't, so the, they're 31st on my list of teams. My dad's like, oh, that's second. You know, I could root for them. I'm like. Piss me off a little bit. Anyway, just so your, your dad's <laughs> back saw the hating of, of Joe Montana. I can't fault him for that. 
Yeah, yeah. But, he's, uh, yeah he's 50 that wins, 38 losses, and a draw. Uh, this will be the 90th match that we have watched together. We've almost watched 100 matches so far, Ryan. And 100 episodes or 100 matches? 100 matches. Oh, well, 100 we've matches. almost okay. hit 100 yeah. episodes, too. This is uh, Really? Well, we're a little bit further away from that because there were a few episodes where we watched multiple matches. This is right. episode 83. So steep. It is a deep one. It's uh, as tall as Tim Duncan. And you're on a yeah. one match in history. You, you huh? won last week. so Yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, anything, good. any questions, clarifying bits of information, etc.? Well, I'm just going to hop into this match and I'm going to go with my heart. So Perfect. That's, that's all I can really hope for. All right. Well, <laughs> we will be back. We'll watch... At Battleground, the shield of Rollins and Reigns taking on the brotherhood of Cody Rhodes and Gold Dust. We'll be right back. Not Gold Member. Not Gold Member. <laughs> Tonight for Dusty Rhodes, it's an opportunity to be there for his sons and perhaps become the dad he never was for Gold Dust to provide support in this matchup with their jobs on the line. Here we go. Cody and Goldust versus the Tag Team Champions, The Shield. Tag and Goldust, this is your family, man. You gotta get the Cody. This is your family. You gotta be good once as you ever will. That's all you gotta do is just do it one time, Goldust. Get there. Here comes Cody. Come on, Cody. And Cody Rhodes. He's the now for the Rhodes family. And Cody Rhodes exploding. It is the now enough. And Cody Rhodes, disaster kick caught him. Now Ambrose. Dean Ambrose going to continue to try to get in this thing. It's the brilliance of the shield. Yeah, Rhodes got suckered in. And now Dusty. Dusty Rhodes. Dusty oh, Rhodes. The American dream. Come get you some right here. We're back. We just watched Cody and Dustin, a.k.a. Goldust, Rhodes, with Dusty in their corner, taking on the Shield, uh, two-thirds of the Shield anyway, in Seth Rollins' Roman Reigns. Ryan, what did you think of the match? That was my easiest called match I've done in this entire series. Um, <laughs> this, I, it, I think the intro really gave it away. Just that video Dude, package? That- or my thing or the video package? The video package where I like, you know, I'm a visual, I'm a visual learner. <laughs> sure. I mean, at one p- I I can understand that. Um, sometimes in wrestling, you don't know what part of the story you're in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. like, maybe there would have been one more match after this where it was like, oh, winner take all, like for real, you're fired or something. But, but yeah, like the way it was positioned very yeah. much felt like the yeah. roads had had to win because the stakes were too high yeah it didn't take away from it like i just like it was an easy call and then um you know maybe we can go on from there so sure uh but yeah we talked about the video package you mentioned while we were watching it among the most dramatic if not the most dramatic video package that we've seen so far 
Well, I think there's a lot of dramatic stuff happens in wrestling. I don't know why this, I don't, I don't even know if it's the most dramatic, but it was very dramatic, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think it's like, it's like that new school, like era of like, where they, it's just even like, I don't know. Like, I like the more old school stuff, but like this one, like had, like the, it was just, you could, it was so much drama tied up into the, into the initial like start of it. You know, yes. So. With uh, and and I even made the reference calling back to the South Park episode of Seth Rollins being addicted to abortions and everything. But, uh, <laughs> that was, that, it was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then after the video package, they cut to a backstage promo with Dusty Goldust and Cody. Mm-hmm. What you what did you think of the 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 promo they cut backstage? That's all American Family, right there. You know? All American. That's just not, not perfect. Not per- Maybe not even good, but they're family. <laughs> Not even good, but uh, just just the type of people you'd see living next door to you in Snohomish. <laughs> exactly. You like got, I'm not man. The goth, exactly. the goth son and gold dust. You've got the the jock and Cody, and then you got got yeah, that yeah. old man just drinking yeah. his Molson out out in the front yard. Hundred <laughs> percent. But uh, the shield shield out first again. Roman Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, uh, General. General thoughts on the shield? Just not like not much. I like, like I just I didn't think they brought a ton, and and they didn't really go into the backstory with them very much in the right. beginning. So yes. I, I just didn't have a lot of reference, but like that very bland is what I would say. Hmm, okay. And in th- this particular match, I don't. They're, they're, it was just a bland, you know. It was a good, it was a good match. It wasn't necessarily a highlight for the shield. It definitely seemed like. Yeah. He was yeah. highlighting the Rhodes boys a little bit right, more. Right, right. That's what I, yeah. By design. Yeah. Uh, but after the Shield, they make their entrance, and then we have the Rhodes coming out to Dusty's classic, He's a American Dream. Uh, his classic 80s, 80s theme, which everybody loves. Everybody loves that theme. Well, and, and I asked, sorry, I couldn't hear you. When did this match take place? 2013. Like what year? 2013. 20, oh, yes. Yeah, so it, it seemed very, very recent. So. Yes. Yes. Yeah. This is a definitely an older, older Dusty, older Gold Dust. Uh, yeah. But yes, yeah, this okay. is for sure, okay. for sure later era than the Rumpus time thing. But I just wanted you to have a little bit of background of like, yeah. this is who these people are, etc. Obviously, with the obvious exception of Cody, who came around a little bit later than the other, the other folks. <laughs> but... Yeah, so we got Cody and Dustin out with Gold Dust. You were—I I don't know that I've—I'm sure that, that, that if I listened to every episode back, I could probably find one. The the Cody turnaround through the match was mm. among the most notable, I, for lack of a better term, turnarounds that you've done on any any wrestler. I would say yeah. from from going like so. I, you actively disliked him, maybe most of anyone in the match. And then by the end yeah. of the match, I think he might have been your favorite guy in the in the whole thing. Total redemption, redemption <laughs> arc on Cody. Right. Redemption arc for Cody. Yeah. Why? What? What did you not like about him? He's a little. He's a little like you know. He's he's just. There's not a lot of character to him. You know. He's like he is like the jock type guy. Like he, I mean, he's just he's this good looking guy who comes in there, right. you know, and he's just like he's just kind of what are you? You know, you just you just you know. You, there's you know like. There's no, like I don't, it just seems like a little backstory. He's kind of a flashy guy, but like you know, but as, so, I, as I progress, you know, things. I, I, you know, I get it. I watch, you know, I'm willing to change my mind, Eric. That's right, open minded. If nothing, yeah. nothing, if not open minded, that Ryan Murphy. 
I will say, not that this factors into this match or anything, but like when Cody first started wrestling, like the knock on him, and he's even addressed like seeing this post at all all the time online. It, in the WWE wrestling games, they would refer to when you would make your own character. That was called create a wrestler, or you could abbreviate it to CAW, K or C A W. Mm-hmm. A lot of people online would take to calling Cody Rhodes Cody Rhodes because he was just so bland and generic. And so he had to really kind of fight to establish like a character. Right. Yeah. So. The, the, yeah, there's just nothing to the guy, you know. He's no Mick Foley. He's, he's no Mick. Maybe in time he can become a Mick Foley. But yes, at 2013, definitely not definitely not a, a yeah. Mick Foley. But uh but yeah, so we get the match going. I think uh, you were a little... I don't think you were super invested at the start of the match necessarily. Like you had your, like you made your pick before the match ever even started. And like you had a very complete understanding, in my opinion, of like the stakes and the storyline going into the match. But um, I didn't feel like you were super engaged in the start. Would that be fair to say? It took it. It well into the match to get like engaged. I was just, there were some good like moves, but like, Mm -hmm. it was just, again, Bland match for for a bit, you know. Um. So the the starting off folks were Cody and Seth. They were just kind of doing like standard. We've got like a big body yeah. drop from Cody, a drop yeah. kick to Roman Reigns. Like nothing super flashy, but like nothing looked shitty. I'll say like it always. It was all very no. well executed, snappy. Yeah. Um. You know, I, th- I think Ryan was just waiting for that one. It's usually that one big thing that like gets its hooks in you and then you can start getting invested. I think in this match, uh, not to jump too far ahead necessarily, but it might've been that moonsault from Cody. That was like, okay, something, something, a a big move to, to get Ryan invested. Maybe. I mean, it was just, it was that. And then you could tell the crowd immediately got into it, you know, and then, you know, that was, yeah. Then it got, it's pretty good after that. Um, A lot of the match was a lot of the shield sort of, uh, cutting off the ring, we talked a little bit about that during the the match itself. From what parts you could actually hear me during when I was yelling at you, but um, yeah, like in a lot of tag team matches, what you'll find is the bad guy team, especially, they will uh, uh, intentionally keep one of the other team members on their side of the ring, keep them from making tags, and then you're trying to build to what they call in the biz a hot tag. So the hot tag is where the guy finally makes it to the corner, big tag, and then the fresh man runs in. He's a big house of fire and starts clearing house and kicking everybody's ass. Yeah, I mean, I think you saw. I I saw like a. I mean, I don't know. I, I just I saw a lot of lackluster, lackluster tag teaming. You know, <laughs> you you could have used for more tagging. Is that I remember yeah, you mentioned well, that at one were point in there for so long. They were just in there for, and they weren't utilizing their partner, right? Know, like, um, plus, I didn't know the five second rule existed, so that's yeah, and that's kind of like fast and loose. Like if you're really because I know how you you're a stickler for like very firm rules, right. like the the <laughs> infamous ten count when you're outside of the ring, which is never actually ten seconds. Yeah, yeah. but the the five second rule is very similar as well when it comes to tag team wrestling. Like, but you're allowed to essentially you can do a move and then you need to get the fuck out of the ring. That's like the expectation. Another thing that we didn't actually talk about that eventually would come into play in this match is you are allowed, if you're the man who's, if you're not the legal man, if you're like the one outside, like on the apron, you are allowed to like break up pinfalls. You can also break up submission holds. 
that's more of a gray area. I've heard it said a couple times, like literally I've in, in my over 30 years of watching wrestling. I think I've heard announcers refer to this less than like five times, but like at one point in time in wrestling, you were allowed to do that like twice, but you couldn't do that a third time or else you'd be disqualified. Have, have we seen a match? I almost feel like we have, but like where that, that rule, like, or one of those vague rules has been called to end a match. We've never seen it. I, I've only, I, I think one time in WCW, they did actually end a match because somebody kept breaking up pins too much. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't even tell you what match that is, but I remember that happening once and then everyone was It just, like, it doesn't happen. Like, no. you got, like, that's the thing. Like, these, and that, I, I think it's a good part of wrestling. Don't get me wrong. It's just like, mm-hmm. you know, I want, if it, especially if I'm getting fucked by it, then I'm pissed. You know? <laughs> yeah. Th- so the one thing, and this doesn't necessarily tie in with your question. Well, it kind of does. You'll see where I'm going with this in a minute. So a lot of times in, in like wrestling, in, when you're watching a wrestling show, just about every single match is either going to end by pinfall or submission. But technically, matches can end by disqualification. They can also end by count out. You almost never see those things because the crowd is immediately will turn on those things. Like if a match ends by disqualification or count out it meet like regardless of how good yeah. the match was, it is, it's almost like if the match was really good and it ends one of those ways, people are even more disappointed by it. So you very infrequently yeah. see that unless that match ends that way to build to another match where it's like, Oh, well now we're in a cage. So now there's no disqualifications or anything like that. Um, which is why I kind of go ahead. Do, I do think wrestling fans put money on these matches. Um, Most don't. There is the capability. You know, like I know DraftKings like inside betting ring for the. Like I'm not saying like it's on the Vegas boards, but I'm saying like wrestling betting apparently does exist. I don't know where you'd know go to do it, but uh, I don't think the majority do. Okay. Yeah, I've never. I never have, and I mean, I'm 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 up there as far as. Uh, wrestling fans go as far as my fandom and i've never personally wagered on wrestling although i do have a pick thing for a title belt so i mean i guess that's a form of wagering but anyway uh back to the match there was actually two hot tags in this match the first one was to gold dust again he comes in big house of fire he's throwing uppercuts to people i noticed you 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 didn't laugh laugh but you chuckled when gold dust was doing the big 10 punch in the corner on top of roman reigns Oh, yeah, when the crowd was counting? Yeah, people love counting. People love yeah. to count. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. I yeah. like that. That was good. And Goldust, so before this, right before this, Cody had hit his big moonsault, his backflip off the top rope. Cody, or excuse me, Goldust, he he doesn't do exactly that. He, it's more of a crossbody where he's just kind of like turning sideways. Uh, but he hits one of those. But then, of course, he goes for a big crossbody just running across the ring uh, Roman Reigns avoids that, and then Cody, or excuse me, Goldust goes spilling outside of the ring, and uh, you almost lost that one via countout right there. I know you were a little worried about that, there, Ryan. I was not, but uh... <laughs> but, uh, but we'll jump ahead a little bit. So Goldust, he starts kind of willing himself up. Co- Roman Reigns is trying to cut off the tag a few times, uh, but then eventually Goldust power slams. Makes a hot tag to Cody. Cody 
does a a springboard drop kick to end of the ring, which is impressive. And then he picked up Rollins by the legs, and Rollins' uh, arms were hanging on the ropes. And then he did like a big kick to the ball slash stomach from there, oh. <laughs> which was which was that's what I was like. I was that's what I was concerned about <laughs> losing because like when someone doesn't move like that, it's always like everyone's like. Oh, that's kind of a that's kind of a cheap shot, and then it you know just the momentum shift. Uh, that's when I was that was the, the most concerning point of the match. I had no right. idea that you were concerned at that point of, of a yeah, loss at that yeah. stage. Cody almost cost you the whole thing, apparently. He almost did for for his you know redemption. Uh, and then shortly, immediately after you were on the verge of maybe losing, you thought you were going to win when Cody picked up Rollins for a move that they call the muscle buster, where he kind of has them by the legs and they're like yeah. stacked on top of each other, yeah. drops them down, cover one, two, and then out of nowhere, Roman Reigns yeah. slides in to break up the, uh, the I did think ball. it was over right there. So it had you. And this was, again, this was like probably the highlight of the match was this kind of ending, yeah, yeah, uh, ending yeah. sequence here. So we've got disaster kick where Cody springs off the rope and delivers a boot to the face to, Roman reigns, then Roman gets clotheslined outside. At this point, that's when Ambrose, he he confronts Dusty Rhodes on the outside, who Dusty takes his belt off, clocks Ambrose in the face. Ambrose is then kind of begging off, getting away from Dusty. And then when Roman reigns tries to blindside Dusty, Goldust runs in and makes, makes the save, tackles him. And then as all this chaos is happening outside of the ring, Seth Rollins attempts to schoolboy roll up Cody for a quick cheap victory. Cody kicks out, hits the crossroads. One, two, three. We've we've got uh, the Rhodes boys back in back in the WWE. But I think with wrestling, too, like any sport, this is what I like when the when the momentum starts hitting and the crowd starts getting like nuts. You can kind of feel it. Yes, for sure. You know, and that was what happened there. I was like, okay, that that's it. Like I knew at that, you know, right at the beginning of that sequence, I was like, okay. Sick. <laughs> and may I say, it feels like that match was like the perfect length of time for you. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't overstay its welcome. No, no, I didn't. Yep. yep. It, I think it could have ended right at the perfect time. It was about to. <laughs> so, so that, and that's my point is that it didn't. So it was the perfect yeah, amount of time. I feel like that was, that was the perfect Ryan length of yeah. match. Yeah. If I, it, it was good. Yeah. Because that does that doesn't get called out on. There's a lot of matches that get call, called out on for being too long. So I think it's I think oh, it's yeah. important to call out a match that's yeah. just right. That porridge was just right yeah. for Ryan. It was. It was good, yeah. Anything else we're talking about before we rank it? I think I've said it all. So. Okay. All right. Let's pull up the list. Let's pull up our list here. So let's see. Where are we where are we thinking? What what's I your know initial? It's going to be somewhere between like. Probably thirty-five and forty-five. So to translate that, wait, okay. So thirty-five is good, kind of like middle of good, and then forty-five yeah. is very top end of okay. Yeah, and I think that's like this match didn't like this match is never something I, I'll like you know come back to as a match that I'm like sick. Like I need <laughs> to like, recall this match. Like I thought it was okay, but I also thought like part of it like. You know, like it got, I did like the ending of it. That's where I was like, okay, you know, sure. I, lo- I love that feeling about wrestling right there. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I am more of like an old school, like fan of wrestling. <laughs> and like, Everyone says that about you. 
at this point, you know, I, maybe I would, I don't know, like, but like now I, I definitely am. So like, but it, but it wasn't like, yeah, it definitely wasn't like anywhere below that. You know? Sure. I guess the question then becomes, would you, would you say like just coming out of it, was that match good or was that match okay? I, for me, I, I think I'd put it more at the top of okay. Really? I'm surprised. Yeah. I thought that you yeah. really enjoyed that match coming out. I, I did. And I think, I think putting this match at the top of okay is a compliment to this match. <laughs> so I've been actually, and I, I've mentioned this before, the inspiration for this whole show was there was, there was a video game website called Giant Bomb and they... It's been discontinued since, but at one point in time, there were the plan was that they were going to be ranking every single fighting video game ever made. And I thought yeah. I loved the idea of that. And so they would usually play two, uh, two fighting games per episode and like rank them on this gigantic list. And so that was what inspired me to try and replicate that in some f- form or fashion. This list? This list that we're... This show, we're, the whole show. The whole show. <laughs> the premise of the show of you you wow. had never seen any wrestling and you're for the very first time watching these matches and ranking them. The whole premise wow. of this show stemmed from ranking of fighters. I'm blatantly ripping it off. But the reason I mention that, one of the people responsible for that has a podcast and a YouTube thing and whatever. Where now he's doing the same thing, but he's ranking every single original Nintendo game. And so mm-hmm. as I'm listening to him talk about it, he's making a point to say, okay, this match is, or this video game is better than X, but not as good as yeah. Y. And so I'm going to do that right here. Just a little little added snippet of, of morsel of information, because as people are listening to us, you say top of okay, but what does that actually mean in the context of what we've seen? So this is for the benefit of the audience here. Well, that gets that gets a lot more difficult. <laughs> well, I'm I'm saying it. Well, I'm going to say it, and then if you no. want to change it, we still can. So, okay. what you're saying to me, top of okay. So you're saying that this yeah. would be, you think that this match was better than Macho Man Randy Savage versus Diamond Dallas Page, which that match was a street fight. Uh, there was one point where they were using a Weber barbecue grill to, as, a, as a weapon against one another, and uh, a referee got pile driven no i mean it just seems like I, again i there's hundreds of match or hundred matches you know like i go back through like that seems i there's but there has to be a reason why i put that there you know uh yeah i mean I, and i sure yes i think so i can't recall the specific reason but like you know <laughs> and but you're also saying this match is not as good as gorgeous george versus hans schnabel which was the only match that we've seen from the 1950s. <laughs> well, okay. All right. Hold on. I also didn't say it had to be on top of Macho Man and Randy Savage. I you said, said this was going to be the on top of okay, which the top uh, of okay well, would be the above. Top of okay. Okay. But the top of okay, okay is a huge, massive list. It can still be on the top of it and be, you know, maybe it goes ahead of Ron, Ron Van Dam, you know? Ron Van, did you just call him Ron Van Dam? Rob Van Dam. You said Ron Van Dam. Okay, well, Eric. That, which is a substantial... I mean, I know... Okay, I'm not going to get into it, but yeah. So, <laughs> right, Eric, it doesn't matter. You get my point, okay? It's, it's still on the top. If Like, percentage-wise, this is a... Okay is the I was taking chunk. it literally. I was assuming that you meant very tippy-top, but you're not well, saying I mean, that. I mean, on the top of it. I, you know, in the top five of it, you know? Okay, so you're saying Rob Van Dam and Sabu... I don't know which one to pick it out. I'm trying to pick a fair place. I don't know. I'm Eric, this is these are getting harder and harder to fucking rank. Okay. I know. Especially this, 
Well, this one. You couldn't even be bothered to fucking make notes about a dream you had involving my family. So what what were the odds of you ever making notes about these matches, Ryan? Uh, okay. Um, let's see. It looks like, you know, the Rob Van Dam match was against uh, a couple Japanese fighters. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot. There was like literally no backstory to that one at all. It was a great match, but the backstory uh, was z- zero, non-existent. You know, I almost like if I'm looking at the two, you know, I, one I lost and one I won, and I almost want to like, you know. <laughs> I mean, that would be on very on brand for you. So, what are you what are you thinking then? Uh, let's see. I think you know. You said you know barbecue grates. I love that. You know, yeah, Weber um, grills, sure. So I almost don't want to like you know. I again, I feel like there's a reason I put it there, but I'll put it. I'll put it right below them. All right. Okay, Okay. so just to to confirm, so everyone's clear on this. So Ryan is saying that the Shield versus Cody Rhodes and Goldust is worse than Macho Man Randy Savage versus Diamond Dallas Page in a street fight or a no-holds-barred match or whatever that was. Uh, But it is better than Rob Van Dam and Sabu versus Hayabusa and Jinsei Shinseki. That is the final placement. New number 44. This is the way we're going to do it, I get. But like one of the things... We were to go back in time. You know what? Can I just make a a wish, a Christmas wish? Don't you say this every episode? Okay, but like it's important every episode. It's never, it's not ever been important. I'm going to start editing it out, so no one's ever going to hear you say it besides me. So (laughs) just don't annoy me anymore. Because yeah, in retrospect, if we had gone back and had you put a decimal point number to these things, maybe it'd be different. But we didn't do that. So unless you're willing to go back and rewatch all of them and do that. (laughs) then you're just doing mental masturbation ryan i'm just i'm you know i'm living in the past okay yeah i you need to you need to come into the now you need to come into the now fuck it it's fine i feel i feel like i placed i feel like this match is well placed you know i don't i don't think it's yeah i feel like it's well placed i think you got to be like honest about it it wasn't you know fucking amazing great good i thought it was was good i i personally would put it in good um, I put it close to good, so there you go. Um, <laughs> so there you go. I, also, also, uh, I see there's there's a tab Eric's correct ranking. Oh yeah, no, that's that I was going to mention that. Yeah, that's uh, that's a work in progress. Is that okay? I'm. I haven't done anything with that. That's just a copy well, you of just, your. You ranking. just copied it over, and you're gonna okay. All right, all right. I have. No, a, I like I like that tab. I just it's a, you know a little disrespect in the name of the tab, but like I have a word document. Uh, at some point in time, I don't know when I'll ever have the time to do this, but at some point I will sit down and maybe yeah. just do a quick like podcast here and there just saying like, okay, I'm just going to go through and re-rank all of Ryan's shit like the, the correct way. Uh, maybe maybe what we should do uh-huh. is like put a segment in that as you pick one match and just kind of move it, you know, or like do one thing at a time. Uh, you got so mad at me the last time that I forced you to re-rank something, so I don't think I'm going to I don't, no, I'm not talking about me re-ranking it, I'm talking about you re-ranking it. Oh. Think like one match, is you pick any match and you just put it in its right spot, you know? Yeah. We, we need more segments on these shows, that's, that's probably the, the main thing. Yeah, it would be, a, yeah, but, you know, okay. There we go, new number right. 44, new okay match. I was, uh, I was expecting, I was expecting a good match, but here we go. It, it, that match, okay, just to be, like, so that match almost got put in, like, um, you know. Good. Bad. What? I didn't, I didn't care Up for until it the end? Yeah, until the end. Wow. So. It bumped its way way up. Uh, I just don't, like, for me, 
It just didn't, it just didn't make the cut to good. So, wow. but it bumped. It, it it was good. I enjoyed it. It just it bumped itself up. But it, you know, I gotta I gotta play. I gotta be real with the with yeah. the audience. You know? That's that's so. the main thing I appreciate about you. <laughs> uh, let's see here. So that brings us to the end of the program. Oh, I've got some. I've got some good ones. the The nice thing about us not having done this for a while is I've had some moments where I, where I'm just like, oh, I'm putting this down on wisdom tree. But now I got to figure out which one I want to do. But either way, we are at Eric's wisdom tree. <laughs> so it's a little abstract. I'll allow you to ask any questions of this of this thing in just a moment. But the blanket thing. And I'm not talking about natural colors here, <laughs> but I don't think you should be allowed to dye your hair after the age of sixty. Ooh, that okay? I think you can get, I think that's more controversial than abstract. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I think if you put that out there, uh, especially the millennial era. The know? other one was more controversial. So this, yeah, but this, uh, okay. yeah. So I, I was in, I was in Costco and. I was walking around shopping, etc., and there was a guy, no cart, just walking, who yeah. had like red. And I'm not talking about like, you know, a natural red. We're talking like bright red. Yeah. And yeah, he was yeah. an old an old man mm. just walking, very cavalier about his walking around. I just got a weird vibe from him. Like, what are you yeah. doing here? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And like I just feel like you shouldn't be allowed to dye your hair. Although, again, now that I'm saying this out loud, maybe that's an identifier. Maybe him doing that was a, was <laughs> allowing me to be like this. This person, keep an eye on them. A, a walking red flag. So a walking red flag. But yes, any any sort of like green or just wacky colors. Like once yeah. you're sixty, like no, no, not allowed anymore. Yeah. It can't, can't. We can't I, abide by that as a society. I I agree. I I I agree with that. Like I. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, of course, obviously, it's not a debate. It's their decision, but it is weird. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, I don't. Tr- yeah. I don't trust them. I think that there's an- yeah. innately something shifty and shady about them, especially because his 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 wasn't fresh. It was like a faded out version mm. of it. Like it was like uh, you remember in the. Did you ever see the Dark Knight? You probably didn't. I haven't watched the whole thing. You're too busy watching your erotica films. I understand, but anyway, oh, in the, the Dark Knight, Heath Ledger. Had like yeah. his hair was like greenish, but it was like this dingy, like he had colored it months prior and just never like washed it out type of thing. That's kind of the vibe that I got from this red haired old man. <laughs> so the only thing I I agree with your with your uh, wisdom tree here. I do like in, I I agree with it, but I will say as a kind of a caveat mm-hmm. or a cutout to this, like I do think every once in a while there's a single guy I can you know observe this now sure sometimes there's like an attractive woman who like does really like you know it's dyed hair but it looks like well i i'm more of a fan of just a regular like keep it blonde brunette whatever like whatever red all that's good like but sometimes it's like nice actually that looks kind of cool like you know but mostly (laughs) it's on like attractive women that's it you know yeah and that i i just think that's a little mild cut but i do in general, fully agree. Like sixteen is probably the cutoff for you to dye your hair, you know, unless you can really pull it off. 60, you know, like 60. Every, it's I, you know, 
everyone can pull something off, but it's rare, you know. It so. is rare, yeah. And yeah. and if you do dye your hair and you're over sixty, I've got my eye on you. You're not getting. Did one you over say? Those. Did you say sixteen or sixty? Sixty. Six. Oh, I thought you said. I agree. I thought it was. I agree with sixteen. <laughs> Able to dye your hair if you're over yeah, 16. No, I, I thought 16. No, this is a, thought, this yeah, is a man no. well into his 60s. No, I think I do think that the cutoff should be about 16. You could do it in like high school, maybe 18. Yeah, high school you, you can play around with it. Should be high school. Oh, 60 of okay, 60 of course that's a cutoff. Like I <laughs> 16. Like <laughs> so it's not even a controversial take anymore. This is just this no, is just how it not be. A, oh sixty. Oh my god! No, you're, it was a, you're, it was being, a, you're being so generous, right? Here. <laughs> it was a man well into his sixties, just yeah, very okay, cavalier, okay. and he didn't have a cart. That's what also oh. threw me off. Like he didn't seem <laughs> to have a destination in mind. Too. You should have a cart in college. Yeah, no cart, just aimlessly wandering towards the dairy, <laughs> and it's just yeah, like, yeah, what yeah, the yeah, fuck's okay. going All on? Right, this totally fair. Sixty, of course. God, fucking yeah. 60 jesus christ you're you're way too nice eric you know okay. I, that that's everyone says that about me uh, <laughs> anything anything else we should address before we uh wrap it up um no no i think i'm good all right well i don't know when this will actually be hearable <laughs> to people maybe it'll be maybe it'll be 2024 but if uh either yeah, way yeah. I either hope that you have a happy holiday season, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, uh, all the good stuff. Or if it's already happened, I hope it was good. I hope it's a happy new year. That's You can say that well into February. So that, that gives me some time. But uh, Ryan, anything, any well wishes that you want to give to the listeners? No. <laughs> he's keeping them all. He's hoarding all the well wishes to himself, which is also no. his his right. But uh, <laughs> remember, he's on TikTok, RJ Murphy, nineteen twenty-two. Give give him a follow. Could make sure make sure to tag him and, and all sorts of stuff. I'm sure you could probably tag uh, people in TikTok things. But if you're not hard, get hard. Once you get hard, stay hard. That is all, folks. Good. Bad. What? 